3: Hello everyone, welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast, where this week we're talking all about Marvel in 2022. My name is Chris Buick, and with me, of course, because it just wouldn't be a comic book movie episode (laughs) at UK Film Review with anyone else, is my good friend (laughs) Ian Lunny. How are you?
4: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I, I feel like me and you are like destined to be on every comic book related podcast together
3: <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i think if we're not careful we're gonna get a reputation for maybe being nerds yeah, i was careful. about
4: to say are we the resident nerds of the podcast is that what it this is it seems yeah. to be um, you know what? we should claim it i think we should just claim we're right. the resident nerds
3: <laughs> we've claimed it now there you go it's official it's on record um <laughs> So yeah, Ian, we're here to talk about what Marvel has in store for us in 2022, mm-hmm. the year where everything is going to be okay. It is, yes. I, I feel <laughs> it. Um, not, but not just in the MCU, although we'll talk about that quite a bit, mm. um, but from other studios as well, uh, mm-hmm. which means we get to talk about one film in particular I think you and I are both very excited for.
4: Yeah, big time. But,
3: but we'll get to that later.
4: Um, it's Morbius. No, I'm yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's Venom free. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so we are here to talk about Marvel in 2022, but I think before we look forward, we have to think, maybe look backwards first. Mm. So I think, yeah, to, we want to maybe have a look at Phase 4 and its current state for the mm-hmm. MCU, mm-hmm. and kind of what what it's been doing what we've seen and then we can maybe come up with some theories as to what it might all mean yes um we've already obviously covered the other mcu films extensively in another podcast so we won't go that back that far because no. it would take we don't have days we don't have days. <laughs> um,
4: i think that's yeah. the longest podcast we have done thus far yes i think, I think the it longest was one it's like yeah. two hours, isn't it? It's...
3: I think it's two and a half. But yeah, it's I, mean, a I lot. yeah
4: I I loved every second of it. So it was
3: great. There's problem is, so many films to watch in that, just in the MCU. But yeah, yeah.
4: I feel like um, we're recapping a smaller group now, though, which is good. There's like a, it's an, it's a refined amount that's in this phase thus far, which is more manageable.
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously, when we did our previous episode, we kind of spoke up to everything after after up to far from home spider-man yeah. far from home. um and then the world paused so we didn't get any marvel films for mm-hmm. a year well we got a a, a mutants film but mm-hmm. the less said about that, that yeah better. let's forget about it um <laughs> so then 2021 came along and the gates opened again and we managed to get films and tv and not just films tv shows which yes. uh we are film podcast. but given how marvel operate and the way their stories intertwine with their tv we will be touching on at some at uh, points throughout the
4: episode mm-hmm. but
3: um uh first and foremost we'll talk about one of the films um and a film you actually haven't seen yet i believe no
4: no, I'm working through, so in fact, literally less than maybe 40 minutes ago, I've finished watching one of the films in this phase, uh, which is Shang-Chi. Um, right. And yesterday, I watched Eternals. Um, I've seen Spider-Man, I've seen pretty much all the TV shows other than Hawkeye, but I haven't seen Black Widow, which is a shame, because I actually do expect I'd enjoy Black Widow, because a lot of the reviews I've heard about it, Is that it's really entertaining and good, but it's come out at the wrong time, is what I've heard. Can you, is that something you experienced as well? Yeah, I so I
3: kind of had the same thoughts before I went into it. I was thinking, okay, I feel like you're just making this film now because, uh, and obviously, spoilers for all these films we're going to talk about, so if you haven't seen any yeah. of these films yet, please be warned. Um, yeah, just and and And, and just, uh, spoilers, Natasha dies in Endgame. Um, so,
4: um, I thought you were going to say in this, and I was about to say, wait a minute, she died in Endgame? I was like, what? Yeah, it was such
3: a twist. I never saw it coming. It wasn't um, actually her
4: throughout Endgame. She yeah, was
3: never in it. It was a scroll. Um, wow. But, um, yeah we'll get we'll get into that i have theories (laughs) on that as well um but no i i when black widow was announced i thought okay well why why are you doing this now are Mm. you doing it just because you thought oh maybe we should have given uh black widow her own film and Mm -hmm. so we just do it now and also the fact that it's set pre-civil war or during the sort of civil war turbulent periods. um I was a bit skeptical i thought okay yeah. well what's going to do it but having now watched it the way it does set up weirdly where we are now is actually quite interesting okay. um so obviously you've got um natasha romanoff uh, aka black widow um who is essentially in the midst of the captain america civil war part of the uh, infinity saga mm-hmm. um and through i won't go into major plot details but essentially meets up with her um adoptive family as it were yeah. so you've got um red guardian played by david harbour you've got rachel vice in there and you've got florence Pugh, whose performance i'll specifically get into in a minute mm-hmm. um but she basically teams up with them to take on the leader of what's called the red room which is ray winston's character Mm -hmm. uh he plays the leader and try and take down the black widow operation and free all the young girls who are taken at a young age and trained to be black widows in a very horrifying and horrible way they're trained and basically deprived of womanhood and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um there's a it's it's a really good families it's really interesting family story family dynamic because her family aren't her real family they're like her family from uh a suitable kgb cover story kind of operative but she was at such a young age her and her sister Yelena played by Mm. Florence Pugh that when that uh, she it does become sort of a family dynamic um and there's a and essentially what happens is the the daughters get taken away and trained Mm. to be black widows and they feel betrayed by uh, David Harbour's character who is, for all intents and purposes, her dad in her eyes. Mm. And it's about trying to restore that family dynamic and get back and trust. And you can really get a sense of why Natasha is who she is and why she's uh, not trusting, but also... When, obviously, she's been talking about having read in her ledger for so long, you Mm. do get a sense of where her guilt and her sense of of wanting a family, such as the Avengers and people like Steve comes from. I think it's Mm. really interesting because you really understand Natasha. The main problem is it's six years too late.
4: I was just about to say, everything you just said, I'm like, great. This all sounds really, really good. But then... I'm like, this would have probably been great when she was still alive, right? Because then and we would yeah. have had way more motivation and care for her when it came to Infinity War.
3: Yeah, and the thing as well is you're watching the film. It's a really entertaining film. The action's great. It's a it's a really good film. I really mm. enjoyed it. And you are there and you, it, the film's nearing its end and you're there and go, oh my God, I cannot wait to see what happens next. And then it suddenly hits you because the end, the sort of post-credits thing coda is yelena standing over um natasha's grave yeah and it immediately hits you and you go oh no she's gone i'm never that's it i'm never going to see natasha again you, yeah. you it, I've, it's it's such a shame that you get such a nice a good understanding of her character mm. it really gives Scarlett hansen a, a lot of room to breathe and a lot of does it does a lot of interesting things i think with the story and mm. then but to know that it's the end is a bit sad because it doesn't feel like an end. It feels like it's about to be a new beginning. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a strange one, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, I think, I think you'd really like it. I do think you'd really love it. David Harbour's yeah. great. He's, he's hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, Rachel Vice is great, obviously, because Rachel, Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Uh, Ray Winston's <laughs> actually really, really quite menacing in it. It's, uh, I mean, he's probably pr- menacing anyway. But That's know, what I was he... going to
4: say. Ray Winston plays a great Ray Winston, doesn't he? Yeah, he's really yeah, good at playing Ray Winston.
3: <laughs> he, he's a good Russian Ray Winston in this. He's basically oh, is he Russian? Oh no, he, yeah, yeah. But, oh, I mean, he's, no. he's as Russian as he can be. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, but he's basically the head of the Red Room, and he does. Um, he's, he's quite a formidable villain. You know, he's hmm. got... Okay. You know, yeah, it's not... I didn't look at him thinking, oh, it's the guy from the Bet365, I You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not... It's, it's, oh, it's, oh it's,
4: mate, that would be great if he's in yeah. that film just going... All the time, being like, "We wanted to make the world's greatest gambling." It's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> why, why are you going on about that? I will say he
3: does not say the phrase "Have a bang on that." So um, <laughs>
4: um, uh, that is
5: uh,
4: that's why I'm it's not fair. It that I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not interested. But
3: for me, the standout is Florence Pugh, Isolina.
5: Yeah,
3: I think this. she's fantastic. She's great at the accent. She's hmm. funny. She's good at the action, obviously. She can do the emotional bit. She, as someone who's obviously got, pro- I mean, I think we're pretty sure she's taking on the Black Widow mantle now in terms <laughs> this of is an what MCU. I was going to
4: ask, yeah. Not to cut you off, but this is something, having not watched Black Widow, but I know, obviously, as a big MCU fan and, you know, like fans, we look up fan theories and things like that. I know, obviously, she plays into Hawkeye. Uh, Spoilers again. (laughs) Hawkeye, which I haven't watched either, but it's fine. Uh, I know she plays into that. And is there a theory that she, or is it, maybe it doesn't fit her age, but maybe you can elaborate on that having seen it. Do you think she'll be a young Avenger? Because that is something that's like being, if we're talking about what the future holds for the MCU, the young Avengers are a theory that people have got that they're going to be doing down the line. And they'll do a film with, you know, Tailee um, Steinfeld, Steinfeld? Steinfeld. Yeah. yeah, yeah, as the new Hawkeye. They'll do uh, Miss Marvel. They'll do Scarlet Witch's kids uh, again. Man, I'm skipping ahead to loads of stuff. But there's, there's like, there's theory that they'll do kids for the Avengers. Is she? Would I mean... she fit into that, or do you think she'll be more suited as in the new Avengers, which is going to be the older team but with the new roster, as it were?
3: Yeah, I mean. it's it's interesting because obviously yeah I think Haley Steinfeld who is also great in Hawkeye but I'll get Mm. into that in a minute um I think they are definitely doing something with uh sort of younger but obviously talented actors to come Mm. in and fill the shoes of all the characters we've seen before because they're gonna have to do a clean slate because obviously you'll have your men your older Avengers Mm -hmm. or your older heroes your doctor strangers technically i mean even peter parker would probably go in the veteran pile i would have thought he would yeah
4: he'd be in the new avengers wouldn't he
3: as he says he's he's fought an alien in space um (laughs) so um he so yeah i think there will be a certain two group dynamic there because ultimate because otherwise the option is you do the same again with a group of avengers and Mm -hmm. then uh, they've done that i think i'm not saying it couldn't work again i'm just saying that maybe they're they're clearly trying something different here mm. and yeah i think i think you might be right i think it could be something that they're looking at um and we'll see you'd like to you say um what does one uh, does kids um have obviously powers so mm-hmm, you know where mm-hmm. do we go from there uh you've got miss marvel um as well who's obviously meant to be uh on the younger side. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think She-Hulk as well, but I'm not sure because I don't think they're maybe going quite as young for She-Hulk.
4: No, I think they're going a bit older with She-Hulk. Yeah. Also, She-Hulk's a bit weird in terms of like how she fits in the MCU anyway, because I, in the comic books, I think she is an Avenger in she? but like, mm. well, everybody's Avenger, but the, the, the thing with her is from what I understand is that she's going to be, they're keeping her sort of like meta breaking, uh, dialogue. So I don't know how she'll work. Is she going to be like a Deadpool-esque character for the MCU? Right. Um, if if listeners aren't aware, She-Hulk as a character in the comic books is a comic book character that knows that they're a comic book character. Yeah. And that They're in a comic book. And it's very weird and it's very meta, but it totally works and it's great. They're keeping that and she knows that she's in a comic book film. And I don't know if she'll work strictly as like a straight character because that is usually used in a comedic way. So I don't know what their intention is with She-Hulk. They might just keep her as more of a outlier, like Deadpool is, I guess. Um, but I'm not sure how that would fit in with the rest of the teams, really. Uh, interesting, though. I mean, it is an interesting like concept, how she'll fit into that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions that are raised mm-hmm. now. Because obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of... We're, we're basically at the start of a brand new... Um, 23 picture arc i guess if you wanted yeah up, like, five year one.
4: plan isn't it again yeah it's a new so five it's year like plan.
3: kevin feige has it all on his head i'm sure but mm-hmm. you know as far as we're concerned there's a lot of questions there's a lot of ifs and, and buts and mm. and more we'll get into when we start talking about the multiverse uh, mm-hmm. later on but um but yeah black widow absolutely mm-hmm. recommend it think it was a great film i just think it could have been earlier. It, re- mm-hmm. it so easily could have been brought out at the same time. I get that it does have a certain impact now that it's been released, but mm-hmm. I still think it would have been a good thing to do it earlier. Um, yeah, uh, but, the, but the main thing is I'm very excited that Florence Pugh is in the MCU, and I can't wait to see what she does. Yeah, um, she's, yeah, yeah. she's great at it. Um, uh, and her and Haley Steinfeld particularly, their dynamic in Hawkeye is just great to watch i I
4: need to watch that too these are two properties that i'm like i've been working my way through the this phase because honestly due to everything that everybody's been going through with covid and so forth the dreaded word um i have been a little bit out of sync with the mcu but i've i've caught up on pretty much most of it now other than hawkeye and um black widow i've kind of been working backwards and then hawkeye came out and i was like Oh, I've got to go back. <laughs> I've got to go back the other way now and start watching Hawkeye. Um, yeah. but I've heard good things about Hawkeye as well.
3: I really enjoyed Hawkeye. Uh, just to touch on that. Mm. Since we're talking about it. I really enjoyed Hawkeye. I think it's a much more grounded um, show, obviously, because there's no real uh, super-powered people in it. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. um, they're very good with their, their bows and arrows, but they don't have, uh, mm-hmm. obviously... Super superpowers per se, mm-hmm. but I really like Haley Steinfeld is amazing in it. I really think she's really good in it. Um, mm-hmm. she's funny, and I think she's got the right kind of um, I don't know. I can't really think what the word is, but she's she's a good fit for the MCU, I think, mm-hmm. as well. And in, in that kind of, she's she can do this humor, but she can also do the the emotional depth when it needs to be done um and i really see this as sort of a jerry rare swan song to leave the mcu that's cool Uh,
4: that's cool i mean i'm fine with that
3: yeah (laughs) i mean me too Um,
4: (laughs) i have no arguments with him leaving the mcu yeah
3: i think i think there's a i think there's there's a interest in all parties for that to maybe happen for various reasons but i think um for Haley Steinfeld, Kate, Kate Bishop to come in and take over the Hawkeye mantle is mm-hmm. is for me. I'm all for that, absolutely. Yeah, and um, I, I,
4: I'm I am excited to watch it because it is based on I think one of my favorite. Because Hawkeye is kind of a character who's a little bit like even in the comic books is a bit out of place in the sense that yeah. he isn't a superhero in the comic book with superpowers. He's just a dude who's just very good with a bow and arrow, and uh, but. My Life as a Weapon is an amazing comic book series which kind of does that anyway. Like it kind of has Hawkeye not replaced, but it brings in Kate Bishop as a character and it sort of has he's he's a little bit old and decayed and the comic book is great, just even for its art. Like the artwork in My Life as a Weapon is just really simplistic and really beautiful. And you know, even though we are a film podcast, I as a massive comic book fan will encourage you to as a listener to listen to read so many comic books and my life as a weapon is phenomenal like they've even i know the posters of this series have copied the design of Mm. hawkeye how it's written on the comic book for my life as a weapon so yeah if it's even inspired by that slightly i'm really happy with that um because i always had like a a pitch for a hawkeye film i'm not sure if i told you this but my pitch for a hawkeye film was to try because i've always felt and this maybe leads us into some of the other films in this, this period. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that the MCU has been very restricted in its genre. Like it's been very yeah. like, this is what the a comic book movie is. And I always felt like they could push things in different directions, which it kind of looks like they're hopefully doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But I always felt you could have done a really good Hawkeye romantic comedy where his kids maybe get kidnapped and he has to go save them whilst <laughs> it's also date night with his wife and like it's and i think you should have set it in time like it's an hour and a half and you're actually watching it as an hour and a half and it's an hour and a half of it like 24 i guess like every hour is the hour and i always thought that would have been really fun um but i have heard that this is really good like it and it does follow that my life as a weapon sort of like not exactly that story but that theme of you know he's a bit out of place and maybe and i say if it's jeremy renner's moving on great like good stuff bye and i'm really happy to see that they're bringing in like H- hayley steinfeld because she's a yeah. great actress like she's she a really, really really great actress she's nearly enough enough stuff. Stuff. Uh, yeah i was yeah. just about to say that she's just not like i remember seeing her in true grit oh she was yeah amazing in true grit and then it's her career so just, well. just so so young young. So she did amazing voice acting as well like she's such a great voice actor but it yeah. kind of just like went quiet and i was really? always like what happened to her she's such a great actress so it's it's really great to see her in this now and yeah. i mean i'm i'm very excited to watch her in it because i've heard nothing but great things like... yeah
3: yeah the so there is a couple other things on hawkeye just to mention uh mm-hmm. that i'm really excited for obviously we've spoken about Hilly stanfield uh the other is the reappearance of a certain character from another Yes. series of netflix shows that yes like Who's also,
4: which we also get in spider-man as well yes like that's the other thing like we also get again we've said spoilers daredevils in spider-man it's great <laughs> it's so yeah. good it's like yeah. one of the, my favorite bits in it
3: <laughs> yeah i honestly i think i i even let out a little squill. i was so excited <laughs> i love i love that um but also in hawkeye we have the uh return of kingpin yes kingpin which he playing that character makes total sense to me he is it was one
4: of the things that made me sad when i heard we're not gonna have the netflix involved as like and now they've done that i'm like good like yeah
3: if they they turn around and say oh we're bringing daredevil and kingpin back and he's going to be an mc going forward i will have a parade i'm so happy
4: It's so good. Like, they're great. great. I I
3: don't need the other three. I just need
4: (laughs) (laughs) them. I agree. But that's something, if we're talking about what they could do going forward with films, like a Daredevil film with Spider Man or Kingpin in a Spider Man film, like, that's awesome. That's such yeah. an awesome, like, and those three actors, Tom Holland, I forget the other two names, but the three of them together <laughs> would be phenomenal. Like, that's, I'm all up for that. That's so good. Yeah,
5: totally, yeah.
4: totally on board. Yeah, 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 totally on board with that too. Yeah, I'm so, like, big thumbs up.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, oh, I'm so excited just thinking about it. <laughs> um, so let's, let's talk about film we both have seen, which is mm-hmm. uh, Shang-Chi. Analogical yes. yes. Uh, yeah. all your thoughts on shang too? you've only just watched it so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so right.
4: literally just literally two hours ago now um so me I did a bit of a side side story here but I have a new way of rating films to try and pr- remove arguments as much so me and my partner uh we rate films and sometimes we find each other arguing over just one score so we've decided to do something as broadly something So it can be broadly amazing, broadly great, broadly good, broadly fine, broadly bad or broadly terrible. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about a broadly terrible film and also a broadly good film, which is Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is broadly good. Like I had a really good time. It's really fun. Is it amazing? No. Like it's, it's not really, there's, there's bits in it that I was like, this isn't great. Like, I'm not sure about you, but you know, the final action sequence with the dragon Mm -hmm. and the other evil dragon. Um, like that's all fine i was cool with that stuff i would uh, i know the giant cg stuff is the stuff that i was fine with the the fight on the the land was really boring <laughs> like oh, it was yeah. so boring <laughs> like it was so boring i it was, was all- it, like oh so no yeah no no go ahead uh, i was just
3: I'm- yeah i was kind of like I, I kind of I, I have to agree. I think because obviously you've got the fight scene in the uh, when they got the club where the the fighting is. And yeah, they're they're really good. That's really boss. good. That's an amazing fight scene. Yeah. It's so well
4: done. So really done. well made. And then
3: the fight with the dragon, and obviously on the other side of the lake by the yeah. door is good. Yeah. What? Well, it's just almost like they said, right? These people need to be doing something. Yeah. So yeah. Just- pretend they're all just jabbing each other with yeah. the like whole
4: that. time I was like, why are they just like was hitting like, each other you with got Michelle you've
3: got Michelle Yoder, who's one of the best uh, yeah. around and you yeah. basically she, let her fight someone, you know? Have you ever seen Cretching yeah. Tiger and <laughs> Dragon? I mean I know.
4: I know it was really um, weird and I didn't like that, but overall really fun. Yeah. And I felt like I, some, we're going to be talking about another film soon uh, which is The Eternals which you haven't seen but I have seen um, and save yourself the time but the uh, the, the um, thing with I felt Shang-Chi does really well is it kind of explains where these people were during the rest of the films like yeah. really does it and they don't spend a lot of time on it but they do acknowledge that yes this whole group has been mentioned in Iron Man 3 And Iron Fan 3 is a controversial film because some people really didn't like the representation of the Mandarin, um, which, look, the Mandarin is a racist character now. Like, it's, it's generations gone by. When it first was released, we can all look at it and go, right, that is aged appallingly. I really like what they did. I like yeah, that the, the yeah. this mob boss was like, they stole my name, they stole my gap because they heard it on the rumours that this existed, so they adopted that name. And then the guy who he was pretending, the actor, he kidnapped him and was like, well, I'm going to kill you, but I'll keep you as my jester. I was like, "This is th- they've done a really good job with that. I'm happy that they've acknowledged that they they did maybe a bad thing by introducing the Ten Rings in the way they did, but we fixed it. It's now fixed. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, brilliant
3: yeah they have and they did it in quite a quite a good uh, quite an elegant way i feel yeah. like they, they didn't they didn't try and just you know wash over what they did and ignore it they mm-hmm. acknowledged it they corrected it and what they and they put it in a much better place than mm-hmm. it was before and i I, I I really like Shang-Chi. I thought it yeah. was different and I thought it well, It does descend, like at the end, it does descend a bit into your typical Marvel. That's character. the
4: thing I said to Act my Yeah, Act 3 just becomes very run-of-the-mill. Um, it's,
3: like, it's like that for a lot of their films, unfortunately, but such is, the, such is the nature of a superhero film, I guess, where there's a villain and there has to be a face-off. It does tend to tread on Familiar grounds, yes cases.
5: yeah, yeah, well,
3: yeah. Even even one division did that. The first six episodes of one division are, <sighs> ah, and then this last two episodes are like, okay, it's just
4: I. What it's interesting you bring up one division. Perhaps we're naturally progressing onto them, but I actually have one division of all the TV shows is the one I dislike the most because really? it, yeah, because it started so well, and yes. something I've I've wanted throughout. My watching of the MCU and all my friends can att- uh, attest to this. I've wanted them, and I said it a second ago. I want them to change the genre of their films. They've done so many superhero star films now that I want them to do horror films. I want them to do comedy films, more an actual comedy, not like oh a quip here and a funny quip there, like an actual comedy, a rom com, or a or a or a full out like um, whatever. Well, with, with Shang Chi, they did have elements of the sort of like uh martial arts films. They even had a reference to Bruce Lee in there, which I liked. I was like, that's really cool. I yeah. like that he's wearing the yellow uh garb for Bruce Lee. Yeah. I was like, that's really cool. Um so I want them to push genre more. And the thing with wandavision is it started like that so well. They were bending like sipcon genres and I I thought that was fantastic, in fact. I was like, this is 10 out of 10 in my enjoyment factor, because yeah. it was not only bending genre, it had like a really sinister flavor to it with things bleeding into her world. I was like, hey, this is really good. This is really, really, really good. But then when it turned out to be Agatha, I was just like, and they even had this stupid song and, <laughs> and, and the way she went, and honestly, me and my friends actually laugh about it now. Cause it's like, when she goes, you're the skull witch. I was like, That's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And there's so many films that have that sort of, like, reveal. You're the chosen one! And I'm like, you've you've gone from being possibly one of the best MCU properties, full stop, because you're bending genre, to being the worst. Because this just became farcical of, like, the as you say, the battle at the end is just literally i've seen that i've seen yeah. that before and it had the stupid slow-mo move again do you remember yeah. that oh, i hated it honestly sorry i'm ranting about it <laughs> <laughs> re- do you know why because it's the one i was looking forward to the most and it yeah. actually really annoyed me that And it was i must so agree bad.
5: the first
3: three even maybe four episodes i thought this is something completely different i'm loving it every episode is something else and then it just sort of started to dis- sort of losing steam quite quickly yeah it that's basically...
4: perfect describing it it just lost yeah. its momentum and then like... it
3: just sort of was like okay it, it, it knew it had to hit certain beats and i think it just basically tried to rush them all out in one go yeah and i feel like well you don't have to you're marvel you can do whatever you want people are still gonna i feel like you've learned that people are still gonna watch it because uh-huh. i know a lot of people who watched the first three four episodes of one division and hated it for the very fact that it didn't feel like a marvel thing i was like mm. but you can't just have them do the same thing every time because eventually they're just going to, what we, what we watching? Are we watching just insert superhero here against villain here and that's it? So yeah. I really liked it. And Shang-Chi was the same for me. I feel like the first two thirds were really strong, really mm-hmm. liked it, amazing. And I, and I can't wait to see more from Shang-Chi. But the last third for me just kind of sort of
5: yeah. lost
3: steam a bit as well. Yeah, and yeah. But it happens, you know. Um, one thing I will point out though, know, is Michelle Yeoh has now been in two different Marvel films. She's in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and now she's in Shang-Chi.
4: Is she in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? She's is one it? of the...
3: Original uh, uh, No, she's one of the captains when Yondu dies. She's one of who comes up and basically oh. at the funeral. She's one of the captains.
4: Okay, cool. Um, I'm,
3: yeah, I'm, ass- yeah. I'm assuming they're not related. I think I was just... Uh,
4: yeah, just a coincidence. Uh, yeah. But no,
3: good yeah. for her. She should yeah, be good in for her.
4: Her. She should be <laughs> good in more. With you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I you. um I I agree with you with the momentum loss in that and I think the performances do really carry the last third of that film. Uh cuz the performance the acting's great in it actually. right? Aquafina, I love so oh, much, it's great. I
3: love Aquafina.
4: Yeah, totally. Sure. And I think it's interesting you mentioned about the the villain like face off sort of like it has to get to that because this is something maybe again Because I I, I I'm maybe affecting what we've said with the format where we're going to talk about the films that have come out and then talk about what's coming up. But something I feel with what's coming up um, that I don't want to see is that. Like, I don't want to see as much of it. Maybe it's that they need to do less so we have more, if you get what Mm. I mean. Because we've had so much recently with the MCU that maybe that's why I was really disappointed with Division Because I felt like, oh, this is the same thing. Whereas if they did less and I didn't have as many of the same things doing the same thing, do you get what I mean? Maybe if I had yeah, less, yeah. I wouldn't be as like frustrated by it because then we wouldn't have as many of those face-offs. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, I, know, I yeah. know what you
5: mean.
3: When they bring in these new characters obviously there will be people who know them from comic books and know who their villains are or who their partners are, psychics or whatever. So I feel like Mm. there's a, I feel like there's an immediate rush sometimes to bring those people in with it as well. So if you've got Shang-Chi, you're going to bring in their villain or if you've got uh, um, anyone uh, in the MCU. So whoever's in Obviously, when the first Spider Man came out, you know, it's uh, Green Goblin was one of the big ones and they immediately mm. went for him. I, I, I'd like them not to go down the immediately obvious route. Don't pick Agreed. a hero yeah. and then pick their immediately well known villain. Try and give us a story we don't know. And yeah. Try and introduce us to something else.
4: I think um, that's why Iron Man and those original ones, not to go too far back, but why they worked so well was like the first Iron Man was Ironmonger as the villain he is just not that big of a villain in the comic he's like completely superfluous and we didn't just get Thanos immediately like when we saw the Avengers we had an implication that he's there and he's in the background but he also wasn't the villain in the second Avengers film like it took a while for us to get there and I feel that's maybe something we're lacking at the moment with the with the MCU that I'm not saying we have to know who the big villain is yet. And we certainly have quite a few implications, uh, throughout, you know, the, the other one, which you haven't seen the eternals. There's an implication of what's going to happen, I guess. And there's also, I think bigger is in Loki. Actually. I think that has a way bigger, like this is probably who the bad guy is going to be guys. This is the dude that you're going to be looking for. I feel, you know, that having, again, spoilers, having Kang the Conqueror in that is like a big, like, this is what we're probably working towards. This guy, Mm. you've seen him now in a very interesting way. They introduced him in a different way to how they introduced Thanos. I think we won't see Kang now properly, because I know he's meant to be in the new Ant-Man film, I don't think we'll see Kang now for quite some time, like, properly. He might be in there as one of the versions of Kang might be in Ant-Man, but the actual Kang the Conqueror, I don't think we'll see for quite some time. He'll be our dude that we're building towards. Um, But I just feel that's maybe what the MCU's perhaps lacking right now is, like, a a direction, because a lot of these are just kind of muddled, and that's what it always feels like to me, which kind of, if you didn't mind me mentioning Eternals, it kind of is what i felt when i was watching eternals it's very like i don't know where this place is you know what i well, mean
3: well you've watched eternals and i haven't so what are your thoughts on eternals um and <laughs> what it means and
5: um
4: <laughs> to link it to my film rating system that i just explained uh it's broadly terrible i think actually um, yeah the
3: reviews haven't been great
4: yeah it's bad it's 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 really bad actually i i and some people might listen to this and be like that's such an exaggeration but like just because it's an mcu film does not mean i should forgive it for being bad like uh, and and i don't think it's mediocre because if this film was released without the mcu monicum people would be like this is bad it was actually as bad as maybe the, the first justice league cut I I think it was wow. yeah it's wow what really, <laughs> <laughs> take from it wow <laughs> it's really bad man like I I I it's it watching it there's moments of like this is interesting so if anybody's seen the trailer the, you know the again spoilers I hope I, you don't mind me spoiling it for you too much chris but no, the, The group of the Eternals have come to Earth and have been sent to Earth for unknown reasons for the first like hour and a bit of this film. So you have no motivation for any of these characters being there. And it's kind of like drip-fed to you through flashbacks and flash-forwards. And it's really really distracting that it keeps doing that it flashes back and then it flashes back to the present day and then it flashes back to hundreds of years ago when they're going through human history and then it flashes to today and it flashes back again and i'm just like you should have just picked to tell us one story or the other like you should have spent the first hour with them like in the modern day and then when we find out like why the eternals are there you should have flashed back or you should have done it from when they arrived on earth all the way up to modern day and then we see it, then we pick up from there and do it in like half an hour. But because they keep flashing back and forward, it's really disjointed. And and it causes you to actually really have a lack of empathy for a lot of characters. Because you don't really spend that much time with any of them. Because there's 10 of them. There's a lot. It's a, it's a big ensemble cast that they're trying to flesh out all of their characters in such a very short period of time. Um, in terms of what I think it means for the MCU... Oh there's stuff that just doesn't so there's stuff that doesn't make sense with it either like oh it's real bad man like it's it's really really bad like again spoilers i don't really care it's a bad film they're sent there by a celestial which i do think is important yes. for the MCU like i think for the MCU i think the celestials have a grand importance but for the film, I don't think we're ever going to see a second Eternals film, basically. I don't think we're ever going to see it. It's not going to happen because it wasn't very good. Do you so... think they'll
3: just pepper them throughout the year? They'll yeah. show up here and there. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah, they'll be seasoned in to maybe another Guardians of the Galaxy film or a, a Captain Marvel film. Like They'll put them in there to flesh out that stuff because the the problem is... like kind of like similar to what i was saying with shang chi that shang chi like explains where these characters were they try and do it with the eternals but it actually is really bad the way it makes sense so they say and i know people be like oh it's just a superhero film no i'm not letting it off for just being a superhero (laughs) film so they go oh yeah we can't get involved in human affairs right like We can only get involved when deviants are involved. And deviants are these alien creatures that are like killing. They're apex predators, essentially. That's what they call them. They're just there to kill. So they can only get involved when deviants appear. They can't get involved in any other point in in existence just when deviants are there. But then what we find out is – big spoilers for this. This is massive spoilers because it's the twist of the film, I guess (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> what we find out is that the Celestial actually sent the Eternals there because there's another Celestial inside Earth and Celestials can only wake up when there's a certain amount of intelligent life on a planet and Deviants kill intelligent life. So the yes. Eternals are there to protect intelligent life. But why did they not get involved when Thanos was there? Because they tried. Yeah. They, the, the way they defend it is, oh, Thanos wasn't a Deviant. But that—if the point of the celestial, and and also, Earth is not the only planet that has celestials living on it. So if he wanted to have all these planets wake up with celestials, half of the life in the universe going is real bad for that. It's really yeah. bad.
3: I feel like <laughs> I feel like Thanos is. Uh, plan was not just an Earth problem it was a universe problem yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a point where you have to step in and then go hold on a second you know <laughs> uh...
4: it really doesn't make sense because he's like going why because the, the, the main character Cersei she's like why I can't like help you have this celestial wake up because it will kill all the innocent life on the planet and then the celestial that she's talking to is like You've got to weigh up the choice of all these lives for billions of lives because celestials create uh, suns and they create Earths and planets. They're like like god makers, basically. They're gods of this universe in in a way. And okay, cool. I actually thought that was an interesting twist. I was like, okay, that's actually quite an interesting way of doing this. But then the fact that you you, you wrote the Eternals out of the MCU up until this point by saying that they don't interfere with human activity unless it's deviant makes no sense because if you're thinking about billions of lives why did you not stop thanos then
3: yeah it's 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 a big issue (laughs) yeah it's you know i mean obviously supremo movies get these kind of questions leveled at them all the time like oh yeah they do how come this person could do this but they can't do that or how come this person's not here and where are the avengers during all this other stuff and you can kind of talk around most of it but when it comes to things like that and you know, it's like a universe level threat yeah. and you are poised in a position to just step in and basically slap Thanos and the rest and say yeah. no yeah. why are you not doing it and yeah. especially when you're like you say the whole Promises to protect intelligent life. If half of it's gone, you've done a bad job. <laughs>
4: I like if you you haven't seen it and you're annoyed by it. That's a bad
3: job. You've
5: done a so bad I, job. I, I know enough
3: about I know enough about the premise, and I've seen enough for the reviews to get people's gripes with it. And when I think about it, because I like to defend films when people talk, see these kind of things, I yeah. go, okay, well, you know. There's this and there's that and obviously yeah, you need yeah, yeah. to yeah, you take a certain amount of liberty with what can happen. Yeah. But I was like, it needs to make sense on a basic level. You, it needs to have some sense of, yeah, okay, I can buy that.
4: Yeah. I like I... I, I thought something like just to try and make it make more sense. And again, I'm not a script writer, but maybe something that would have helped would have maybe said that eternals can't interfere with Titans because Thanos is, like, a Titan, you could have been, like, Eternals aren't allowed for some reason. Like, maybe there was a war, like, centuries ago, or something like that. And just kind of, like, try and explain. And then maybe the Celestials, like, well, yeah, I send you to places, and I wasn't allowed to get involved with Thanos because, you know... Or maybe so you can bring it into the multiverse and be like, he's a set time event. And that's why I couldn't get involved in that, you know. Something like that. But instead, it's a really stupid idea to explain it and then the motivation of the celestial kind of goes against what he did it does yeah and it really makes the film just not make any sense and because the film itself again I don't want to be like bashing on it I really didn't enjoy it I think the acting's poor in places very wooden there's another big twist which I won't spoil so people who do want to go watch it there is another actually bigger twist than that Um, so I won't spoil that but there's some cliché things that happen, and unfortunately, <clears throat> I think the most interesting characters are two of the the Eternals that we spend the least time with, and it's just a shame because we just there's potential there, but because they kind of tease it to you and do nothing with it, it just annoyed me more. But <laughs> <laughs> what it means for the MCU, I think, is interesting because. This Celestial is there. Spoilers as well. At the end, we hear um, Blade's voice, which is kind of cool, which Mm -hmm. is like the best. That's the best part of the whole film. You hear Blade. Like that is genuinely the 30 seconds where you hear Blade. I'm like, best part of the film. Um, But the the implication, or at least what I thought they could do with the Celestial. I keep saying implication. I've been watching too much. It's always sunny. But the, um, the Celestials, I think, open up a door for perhaps introducing Galacticus in an interesting way. yeah, Because you see a Celestial in like a huge form, and it compared to a planet. And I'm like, this totally works. This really works. There's no weird, because when we saw him the last time on screen, he was a big cloud. Like, this works way better. And I thought maybe you could introduce him as like a Celestial who's gone rogue. And is like destroying planets rather than yeah. creating life. Cause I thought that maybe be an interesting way.
3: Because I mean, go back to the Thanos plot. That was a pretty mm. big deal. Half the universe disappearing. So mm-hmm. the question remains for the MCU is what's the next level after that? So yeah. something like Galactus makes sense. It's yeah. kind of, I don't really know where else you kind of go.
4: Well... Well, if you want me to put my massive nerd cap on... I was hoping you would.
3: I was leading you down that (laughs) path, so here we go.
4: (laughs) So what I think, and it does link to us talking about the multiverse, which is something we want to talk about with Doctor Strange. Um, They're building, I think, to Secret Wars, where you have this multiverse event where things are like multiple, multiple multiverses are (laughs) um, clashing into each other. And you have, like, multiple Iron Men. You have multiple Captain Americas. And that's how you can bring Robert Downey Jr. back for a massive paycheck. Uh You can bring all these characters in and you have who I think is one of the best MCU villains ever with Doctor Doom. You could bring Doctor Doom into it Uh who creates his own pocket universe where it's like a battlefield. Um, So this is all crazy, like, stuff. But if you went to me, like decades ago saying that they would do Infinity War, I'd be like, no, nah, you, you, that wouldn't happen. So yes. now I'm like, yeah, they could do Secret Wars and have multiple different actors playing different parts and have like... And we kind of saw that with Spider-Man. I think they, they're teasing us into... This idea of seeing loads of different actors from different universes, different film franchises, the X-Men franchises, you know, the, the Spider-Man franchises. We've kind of been teased that with Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think they're going, look, we're going to do this on a huge scale. We're going to go massive with this. How this would work with Glatus, I don't know. But I think Secret Wars is probably where they're building to, which... I mean, this is maybe ten years down the line, I think, or maybe yeah. maybe more, maybe phase seven. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows what <laughs> they've got planned on their massive whiteboard, Marvel head office.
5: It's huge. Yeah,
3: I can imagine it's four whiteboards. Like it just continues <laughs> off even onto the walls. I don't know. Um, but you mentioned multiverses, and obviously we that. Is going to be a big thing going yeah,
5: forward i think so.
3: one, of, one of the upcoming films is actually called Doctor strange and the multiverse of madness and really we absolutely can't wait i love the first doctor strange and i can't wait to see what they do for that also yeah, the too. fact that sam raimi is directing which means it's going to probably be darker so and scarier yeah. and you exactly sam raimi what i want sam raimi and yeah you see, you see what you did with the 1st Free three spider-man speaking mm-hmm. of spider-man let's talk about no way home we've both seen it <laughs> and what did you think
4: yeah i i again broadly <laughs> um i think it's broadly good again i'm going to be controversial because there's going to be another bit in this film that you're going to defend more than we did with eternals cuz right. eternals there's a bit that that plot does not make sense like the eternals plot is bad this film is a really great time and i i don't begrudge mm. anybody having an amazing time with it cuz i had an amazing time with it it's really fun but if you think about it too much, there's stuff that can yes. derail it a bit. I completely like, agree. <laughs> my God, I thought we were going to be like, Ian, what yeah. are you talking about? There's just stuff, if you think about it a little bit too much, it kind of goes, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> so,
3: as an example, spoiler very yeah. again, but as an example, Green Goblin comes back to... Love, top, love top, it. Uh, oh, he's so good. Well, he's
5: so voice. good.
3: So good. That, we'll so get into good. That. But he comes back To Tom Holland's universe, yes, and he says that he was just about to be killed by his glider.
4: Yes,
3: right. So that's which is what happened in the first Spider-Man film. We all know that.
4: Yep, 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 yep.
3: Tobey Maguire comes back again. Spoilers. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs)
4: mate. You imagine somebody's listened to this and they go. I mean, it's on the internet. If you, I was going to say, if you're 48 minutes in and you already haven't, like, been spoiled by X amount of properties, what are you doing?
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, it was the worst kept secret in Hollywood for months. Yeah, totally, totally. Um,
4: totally.
3: But um, he comes back and he's in his mid-40s. I'm like, And then he says, oh, you've grown up. And he's like, hold on. No. I can't have grown up and be at that timeline. And no. I just... It, he, he, he can't... It just can't happen. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: it's it also like the 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 big thing for me that this really really like when i think about it too much i actually start to maybe think i didn't enjoy myself as much but the crux of the plot again me with plot the crux of the plot and again it's a superhero film so maybe i shouldn't but the crux of the plot is that people know he's peter parker and he wants people to not know he's Parker. So he goes to Doctor Strange and he's like, Oh, Doctor Strange, can you help me not be, no you know, my people anymore? Oh, I just want to be a wee boy again. And Doctor Strange is like... Apologies yeah. to Tom Holland for that. <laughs> and I... No, I stand by it. But okay. Strange, <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Doctor Strange is like, yeah, okay, cool. All right, I'll do that for some reason. Okay, he's not like and they even joke about it afterwards they're like oh you didn't call anybody first and i'm like no no that's a good point that you should have maybe said before you're meant to be smart you're meant to be smart but yeah. fine. all right okay we've got to the point where you've erased everybody's memory but it didn't happen and instead it's pulling people who know crucially that they know that he's peter parker all right yeah
3: that's very convenient <laughs>
4: but they don't all know that he's peter parker electro doesn't bloody sorry electro doesn't blooming know that he's peter parker he doesn't know that in amazing spider-man 2 he never finds out that he's peter parker and people went to me oh no they kind of went i watched it again i watched that terrible film to figure it out and he doesn't know he doesn't know that he's peter parker and they even yeah. have dialogue where he's like, I thought you'd be a black kid from the from the Queens. And you know what? I was like, that's great dialogue. They actually, again, I enjoyed that back and forth. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. highlights why it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and it really annoyed me. So yeah. that means the spell at the end where he's like, make everybody forget I'm Peter Parker. Well, that doesn't work because Electro doesn't know you're Peter Parker.
3: Yeah, it's true. Um, does, <laughs> does, does Flint know?
4: Yeah, yes, Flint does, yeah. does know. Flint does, yeah. yes, does. does know. Well, t- also, I mean, it is in the post-credit sequence, but Tom Hardy doesn't even have a Peter Parker in his universe. So that—that that we know of, but technically, no,
3: he doesn't. As,
4: no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that Venom should have been the Tophet Grace Venom, which is. I admit, terrible. Like, I still like Spider-Man 3 and I defend it and it's on my list of, for a quick plug on our website, you'll find our 100 opinions to have about film, which is okay. And my one is Spider-Man 3 isn't that bad. It's really not. But Topher Grace's Venom is pretty bad. That should have been the Venom there because then it would have made sense. But it doesn't make sense.
3: I think it, it was definitely a little tongue-in-cheek joke that doesn't make sense. I loved it because <laughs> I loved Tom Hardy, and the fact when he just stands up and puts his arms out and disappears, I thought, yeah. Oh, right. I, yeah. Part of me for a second was like, "Oh my god, are they actually going to bring Tom Hardy?" And then he yeah, did, it, it did but, too. No, no. Yeah.
4: <laughs> part of me was like, "They should have just kept him." Although there is a little the... bit
3: left, a little bit of the symbiote left. I know, so,
4: I know, but that
3: I don't think anything comes of that. I'm not sure. Maybe, I maybe yeah but i don't think in the mcu i think maybe in the sony universe you no I, I, th-
4: I think i think by secret wars because i think that is what they're building to if my memory serves me right in the original secret wars he had his black suit so, so they, it would make sense
3: so we're we saying sony and marvel have, have had a, a chat and said look we'll bring venom into ours uh, to yours if you bring spider-man to into- ours because that's what they're planning on doing i think it's bringing spider-man into the venom stuff so maybe they're just well this this
4: kind of links nicely to us talking about other like studios look Mm. how nice we transition um morbius kind of already has that doesn't he because isn't in the trailer vultures kind of in it isn't he
3: yes we have um michael Michael keaton is there as vulture which is interesting Yeah. I so, keep saying
4: yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah. But, yeah.
3: But but yeah, so I think I think obviously Sony and Marvel have like I say had a chat and thought mm. we both stand to profit from this if we just shake hands and agree, look, you have some characters that we want, you have, we have some characters you want, let's just
4: let's just work together on this.
3: And make friends. And you know, there's that famous story about Tom Holland's drunken phone call to the head of sorry
5: yeah
3: so please oh, let
4: Please let Spider Man go into the films. So i'm a little bit drunk
3: yeah <laughs> you, you, <laughs> listeners, you, you listeners didn't uh, didn't know we had the actual recording of that phone call but there it is yeah. um, it's,
4: it, you it. how crazy yes. is that i, I i've got more of it but i won't play it
3: <laughs> yeah
4: <laughs> legally we, can. um,
3: we can't, we can't. <laughs> um, but yeah it's interesting because mm. for a long time it's been a very much a no you play you. you play in your sandbox we'll play in ours and you no know, and then obviously spider-man bridged the gap and because he's a massive name obviously mcu of or marvel yeah. studios rather than marvel were um basically made a deal to make sure they got spider-man because mm-hmm. a marvel universe about spider-man for so long can only realistically spider-man needs to come into it at some point Yeah, totally, um, totally. but and then venom is a big part of spider-man Stories and comic book background and stuff. So, mm-hmm, I don't, mm-hmm. so bringing Venom in makes sense. The whole Morbius thing is interesting, though. It's kind of like, yeah, did did Marvel and Sony basically say that hey, you're doing your universe? Can you kind of we'll do ours and we'll try and make them both work? Because I don't know, so, Sony. I think maybe tried it with the Andrew Garfield films, and it didn't really, it didn't work let's be honest, no, um, no, no. but maybe they thought, well, if we borrow some of yours and you borrow some of ours, then maybe we'll go into maybe Sony are piggybacking on the back of this, I don't know yeah. I mean, but...
4: it's <sighs> I mean, Morbius doesn't look good anyway, I'm just going to put it out there, okay, like I know it's perhaps controversial again to say because we haven't seen it, but it doesn't look great however, it is more interesting as a like, practice of what this means in terms of their relationship going forward, as you say and I I think they are piggybacking off it, if I'm honest. I think that is what's going to happen. Uh, am I going to watch it? And has it made me more interested? Yes, actually. Because mm-hmm. before, yeah. I wasn't going to watch it at all, because I really don't like Jared Leto as an actor and as a person. And I don't really want to see his weird acting in it. But I am kind of like, okay, how's this going to work now? What's this mean? So yeah, I mean, I am intrigued by it, you know. Um... As, yeah. as a man. Yeah, yeah, I think,
3: yeah, like I. So it I'm could not, be a
4: train wreck as a comedy. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm uh, going to watch it. it. Might be funny. <laughs> but
3: it, might, it might be one of the best things we've seen in a long time. Who knows? You never know until you watched it. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, as mm. I like to say, and. um I'm not a massive Jared Little fan. I, yes, don't, I really don't get the hype. I think a lot of people rate him as a really, really talented, good actor. I, really I don't, don't really it. see that. Um, but no. Jared Harris is in it, and Michael Keaton's in it, and Matt no. Smith's in it. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting things going on here. And more interest- I'm more interested by what it means <clears> than what <throat> the film is going to be.
4: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, totally so, the same. I'm intrigued to see what they do rather yeah. than is this a good film you know yeah, yeah. um agreed. yeah agreed, <laughs> agreed. We're all agreed. agreed. Um, um also yeah.
3: th- there's a obviously because he's sort of um he suffers from vampirism you know and um, so mm-hmm. you've got blade coming into it as well so really you're gonna have to uh, another yeah oh god we can talk about blade in a minute but yeah what i'm talking about now because my point <laughs> is you're gonna have two kind of vampiric characters in in the mix mm-hmm. which is Interesting. So I don't know if they were then going to maybe see Morbius and Blade, sort of, because it would make sense that two people with yeah. the sort of same affliction would gravitate towards each other if they were in the same universe, right? And yeah, totally. In the same circles.
4: I think I would just rather not have Jared Leto. That's all. Like I mean, if you went me too, to me, but... yeah. <laughs> if you went to me, yeah, Morbius is going to be in Blade or something like that. I'd be like, cool. But can we also not have Jared Leto? Like, I, I would be like, that's great. Morbius would actually totally work. But anybody but Jared Leto. But the, like... <laughs>
3: the, dif- the difference, is that Morbius isn't. He doesn't have the whole sunlight garlic. He's not. He doesn't have any of the weaknesses, right? That vampires do. Blade, I think, doesn't.
4: I think Morbius Blade. does. I think Morbius does. I can't remember. Morbius. Morbius. Morbius isn't somebody I've read a lot. I love Blade, mm. and I know Blade doesn't. I know he can like stroll around and be okay i think if he has something to sustain his like his his bloodlust um uh, it's been a while since i've like read any blade comics um yeah. because he's not really a character who's like front of the comic book pile in terms of reading anyway he's just kind of like there around um so yeah no i mean he is it's- it is interesting that they they could be teamed up together, and I would watch. I, you know what? I genuinely would really watch that. But at the same time, I just don't want it to be Jared Leto. If they told me that it's going to be Jared Leto, it might actually put me off. <laughs> <laughs> like I might be a bit like oh, I can't be bothered.
3: <laughs> we don't actually have a. I don't think we have a date for Blade or when they're joining. No, we've, we we just keep
4: hearing casting reports, which is cool. Everybody I've heard on it's amazing. It's really um, good. But it, it's not something... See, this is... Kevin Feige is just a man of riddles. Because he, he said that there's... Because people have asked him about Phase 5. Yeah. But he said there's still films to come out in Phase 4 that haven't been announced.
3: Yeah. And Blade so... will be part of Phase 5, just for the record. So, so there we go. So f- yeah.
4: Blade's Blades coming out, of films, coming out after films that we don't even know about yet.
3: Yeah. Because mm. I'm just try to think how many of, so let's say there's roughly maybe about six or seven films a phase yeah think, previously but who knows what they're doing now we're looking yeah. at obviously we've got uh we've had four uh, five in the mcu uh sorry four in the mcu in phase four so mm-hmm. you've got like, MC, eternals and spider-man we've mm-hmm. got another three coming out this year which we'll get into in a minute um yeah. so that's seven so and then you've got um the marvels and guardians 3 after that in 2023 mm. and oh sorry that man wasp uh, the, what's it quantum quantum mania yeah. yeah so that's nine hold on my mouse is it uh 10 films in
4: maybe i'm year. maybe i'm mistaken maybe he said that a while ago and maybe yeah. he was talking about quantum mania but, but no
3: he, he could be, he could be right i mean he's there was a five-year plan and who knows how long that goes and yeah if they're branching out to TV and all these things, I reckon there's going to be a lot of stories going on. And with the multiverse happening, there's going to be a lot of potential new characters coming in mm-hmm. that they then need to establish as well. And is that mm-hmm. Phase 5? Who knows? It's on the yes. whiteboard.
4: <laughs> it's on the whiteboard. Only they know. It's interesting, yes. isn't it, in terms of like how they will all link. Because obviously I've talked about Secret Wars being this big thing right? that they're building to, which I think the ones that are going to be the most like interwoven to that is um, probably Loki because I actually loved Loki like I thought yeah, it was amazing it was, good. It it was really so good. good and I wasn't expecting to like it that much and I really liked it Yeah. Um, yeah so I think Loki links to that obviously with the, the Bureau and uh, Kang the Conqueror I think the Eternals could because it's like cosmic and so forth um, and Multiverse of Madness I think Spider Man hints to it, but those for the free. The rest of them, like Shang Chi, I really enjoyed, but I don't know how much Shang Chi is going to be like affecting the big picture. I think it is more of an introduction of him as a hero rather than this is a big picture project. Do you know what I mean? Um, Yeah
3: i think they're going to focus gonna, the driving forces will obviously be spider-man um and doctor strange and yes. basically the, char- the characters we've had post uh, sorry pre-phase four are going to become the driving forces for the new wherever we're going and then yes. these characters like shang chi and even the eternals to a degree and what whoever else is introduced at that point obviously you're looking at you know Kate Bishop and um, Elena as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be front and center necessarily unless they do, do a Young Avengers thing. But even then, I think you're gonna they're they're gonna want to drive forward with the characters we can already know. While they set up the rest, so I think Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to be a very key film of where we're yeah, going. Yeah, I it's think gonna, so. It's going gonna, it's gonna to answer a lot of questions, but it's also going to raise a lot as well. I but think. I
4: think the trailer is left a lot hidden as well. Mm, yeah, I think that I don't think it's even scratched the surface of yeah. what we're going to see. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, that there's that bit in the trailer where it's it's like an evil version of him, mm-hmm. and he's just touched to him, and I thought. A hey, Sam Raimi is back. Well done, it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And me, I was just like, this. This is just going to be. I've, I'm really hoping it's going to be something really different. And I think Doctor Strange and Sam Raimi as a combination is the key to making something so
4: good, super
3: yeah. exciting and different.
4: Yeah, because like, like you
3: said, ch- doing something completely different and changing up the formula that was known since 2008. Now, this is the way to go, and the and. Doctor, obviously we saw the universe tear open and uh, mm-hmm. no way home but as you know from the trailer there were still repercussions and what are they i'm dying to know what they were yeah because go and go back to spider-man i really enjoy spider-man i i, oh, yeah, I didn't ask it. you I
4: just, sorry we just kind of no, into what it means
3: <laughs> no, I, I i really enjoyed it i agree with you on the plot points um, mm. when you start picking it apart there's a lot that doesn't make sense i it never got to a point for me where I didn't enjoy the film. I was yeah,
4: I loved it the same way. When when I saw
3: uh, all those characters come back, even Flint Markov, I didn't have a lot of affection for. But his, um, you've since convinced me about him in Spider Man Three oh, as awesome. about. And when you
4: when you said like you didn't have much affection for, him, I'm like, dude, he willed himself back into existence. What more yeah. do you want from a man? You know, like he yeah. he did it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he did. It's true, but I think. Oh, but
3: over the years before we had the discussion about Spider-Man 3 a while ago Flynn Marker was not something I ever thought about I always thought about um Doc Ock and Green Goblin and mm. you know the rabies yeah, villains yeah, cool. essentially yeah. um uh and how bad tofu Grace's Venom was obviously yeah, yeah, um, was but <laughs> you you after speaking to you about it and then obviously seeing him come back and then I just got a massive wave of nostalgia and yeah a great feeling it was so good to see that and then uh, Jamie Foxx as well is great. I love Jamie Foxx. Yeah, he's I so mean, good.
4: even though I'm critical of having him in it because it doesn't make sense for the plot at all, yeah, he's still great. Like, he's, he's so good. Yeah, and he's really compelling in terms of why he wants to stay, because I wouldn't want to go back to the Amazing Spider-Man universe. Like That place is rubbish. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So him wanting to stay, I'm like, yeah, that totally makes yeah. sense. This really but, does make sense.
3: But well and before. Oh my god. Yeah, right. Another this,
4: level. this is the thing that I both love, but also am frustrated by, right? Two things. Do six... You're that close to doing the Sinister Six. Uh, why? Yeah. Why did you stop? You went. You went. Okay, we got one, two, three, four, five. Six, uh, no, we can't do six. Six is. I oh, know you're gone. It's gone too far. It's gone too far. Like, you can't. You can't do that. It's not like there's a established hero villain team in the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. With the Sinister Six can't do that. But also, I feel they missed a trick by not just having the Green Goblin as like. Really, really, the just leading drive of villainous in it. I know yeah. he is, but like I had an idea. This is again me pitching my idea for a Spider-Man film. <laughs> yeah. um, this is what this podcast is now. Me pitching ideas. No, I I think they should have done it as like maybe the Green Goblin figures out. That, like, because he's a smart guy, he figures out I'm somewhat of a scientist too. Uh, he figures out oh, yes!
3: said that line. Yeah. I'm something of a scientist
5: it's myself. Like, I was like, yes, yes, he said it. He said it. <laughs>
4: um, I, I feel like he should have figured out that, like, this was the multiverse and he wants to unleash the multiverse so that he can prove that Spider Man's a failure everywhere. Because they do mm. the whole Ayn Rand weird stuff from the first Spider-Man film, which kind of doesn't work in the first one. It's still good, it's still fine, but if we're honest, it's a bit weird that Green Goblin's like obsessed with like them being superior beings and stuff. But fine, mm. that's cool. But they go into it, him being like, "You're a failure. You know, you had the ability to be this amazing thing, and you're not, and you're you're rubbish. And I'm gonna prove you're rubbish." Like, I, I was feeling it in this film because he really is great. Why is why didn't they just go? Because this would have made more sense for the whole plot not making sense. If he was like, I want to prove Spider-Man's a failure in every universe, and he like opens up the box and it gets worse, but then Spider-Man from across the universe, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, they turn up and prove Spider-Man's a success everywhere he goes, and then they can beat you know the Green Goblin. But he is—that's maybe me being like, I want more Willem Dafoe (laughs) because he's so good in this. (laughs) He's so good. Like they got rid of the helmet, which I'm like, okay, cool. They have him look like a goblin man because he is a goblin man, and I'm like, "This is great. Everything's great."
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. It was it took me right back, all the way back. It was so good. I even like I think Doc Ock was great as well. I think having Alfred Molina back in it and yeah, having him sort yeah. of be the, the guy who flips uh, in terms of morality, obviously when he's um, helped by Peter, is good because he was ultimately a victim of his own Mm -hmm. genius and the fact that he is saved i feel i really like that i didn't want Mm -hmm. him to just be complete whereas i think norman osborne i think always had that kind of (sighs) yeah not evil in him but he always had a
4: sinister sinister side yeah yeah Um,
3: yeah. and uh, i think and to be honest, I think bringing back lizard cut corners was pointless.
4: <laughs> I feel <And> like <laughs> we got to know people want to be lizards. Oh, yeah. I love lizards. <laughs> but, but it's like like you say, you you you
3: did five. Either do four and don't have a lizard, or do six and <laughs> get yeah. someone else. Totally,
4: I, I yeah. lizard was so superfluous. That they didn't need him, but then they brought him in, and I was just irritated they didn't have six. I was so annoyed.
3: How did you feel when they came back, told me where Andrew
4: Garfield was? Oh, yeah, really good. Like, really good. good. I think it was good, but I actually think the villains returning was better. Like, better together. There's, there's, um, not that i dislike zendaya obviously i i really like zendaya and i can't mm. remember the other actor's name who plays his friend um Get but the whole on. that's it thank you that their their dialogue in that scene when they come through is a little bit like i don't know what the word i'm looking for it's very just like run of the mill i think in terms of being like oh we'll climb across the wall do that do do that and yeah it made me chuckle a bit and I was more hyped to see Toby Maguire for house oh, I was no like, was oh that. my god yeah. yeah that's what I was hyped for but when green goblin appears on the bridge with the, the with the pumpkin bomb and it rolls and he like flies up oh, on his glider yeah. that w- I was like nice i was like yeah. that is awesome like that yeah. is so I like I
3: like the electro reveal as well when it's the paralysis yeah.
4: and he turns cool. into a put per- yeah that was cool yeah, that, that was, was really cool, cool. yeah
3: I, I agree I th- I I I liked when uh, obviously the other two Peter Parkers appeared um, I quite liked the I liked the dynamic between the three of them because they're obvious you can get a sense that they're all yeah. essentially Peter Parker but they're all. Slightly different versions of Peter Parker, and when mm-hmm. they're basically, he's telling him to be to like love himself more, and you know, like, <laughs> I've, never, I've, never, I've never, I've always wanted a brother.
4: <laughs> yeah, the is the dialogue there is so well done. Like if 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 I'm comparing like what I just saw with the Eternals to this. Like, the dialogue in The Eternals is so wooden, whereas in this, it feels very organic. And yeah. him saying that, I was like, I genuinely did laugh. I always wanted brother. And
3: I, I liked the conversation about the web shooters as well. I know, like, yes, yes. That. And then it became a whole thing, because obviously it's an in-joke to the so wild world. But when he also... like, goes, does it come from anywhere else? <laughs>
4: like... <laughs> yeah. I also loved the Avengers bit as well.
3: It's like, great, who, who are, are they? <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> oh, it, was, it, 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 was, it was so good. Uh, the, the only thing I, I remember is obviously Andrew Garfield comes through and he still looks like Andrew Garfield from Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 whereas Tony McGuire yeah. comes through, he's a 46 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> you are old now. <laughs> yeah, and, but then when he gets to the bit where he's, his back is sore and he's like cracking his back for yeah, a while. This is, this is great. The that only is issue great. the only issue I had was at the end in the battle, things were There was a lot going on. It was really hard to keep track of what's going on. It's very busy, isn't it? It's very busy. four villains and three heroes. And it's just, I was like, which Spider Man's which? And they're all just shouting Peter. I'm like, hold on a second. (laughs) I'm trying to. uh, It was, um, but I really enjoyed it. And obviously, it does mean a lot for the MCU going forward. Obviously, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no one knows who uh, Peter Parker is anymore, which is.
4: Weird ending, right? I I found it
3: it strangely emotional.
4: Yeah, of, My friend why? who unfortunately couldn't join us, but my friend Andrew who may join us in the future, we don't know but he, he really liked the ending which I respect. I liked the
3: ending. I don't I know, think I it. got
4: quite sad.
3: I no I, got, no, I got really sad. I thought it was really sad but I did I liked the fact that it wasn't a oh, we live to fight another day kind of shtick, you know it was more of a, his life is gone like everything, he, he sacrificed mm. everything for the Everyone else. Mm. Uh and then obviously the stuff of Anne May, God.
4: Oh my god. That you know was... what? We we were in the cinema and when she said with great power comes great responsibility, I said to me she's dead. I was like, she's dead. And, she, yeah. and Simone was like, no, she's not dead. And then she died and she was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. she's
5: dead. Yeah. And to be honest,
3: when she stood up, I was like, oh, thank God, she's okay. And like you. When she said that, I was like, wait a minute. That, line, that line basically means death.
5: She's oh, dead. Man. She's dead. <laughs> she
3: definitely dead. But, And then at least that really great moment where they're all on the roof and they're basically talking to him like, we yeah. are you. We're not you, but we are you. We've all yeah. done that. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it's it's
4: emotional. (laughs) Do you know what I think? I watched this film. Man, we've spiraled off, but I love it. (laughs) I watched this film when I also saw The Matrix, and I think conceptually, The Matrix has better ideas than this film because I think this film is quite straightforward with what it's doing. Right, like. There isn't like a deeper message in this other than perhaps the themes of like accepting loss or choosing to be a better person, and obviously like you know beating up a decrepit goblin man. You know these are all like the themes of the film. Um, but Matrix has like quite interesting concepts, and it tries to do stuff. However, why I compare them is that they're both exercises in nostalgia, because yeah. the the Matrix tries real hard to be like do you remember this stuff right and it doesn't work at all like it's broadly terrible that film it's 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 really bad and it it i feel like it had more to say but why i think spider-man is like genuinely a really great entertaining film is that it really executes its exercise in nostalgia well. It makes you remember like the Uncle Ben's deaths, even though you know one of them doesn't say "With great power <laughs> comes great responsibility." Yeah. In Amazing Spider-Man, I would have loved if he quoted that. I actually would have like in the cinema laughed out loud if he started going if Andrew Garfield started quoting the quote from Amazing Spider-Man. I think I would have howled, but. I feel like it does a great job of making you go, as you say, you have those moments where they're on the roof together and they're not all Spider-Man, but they all have the same experiences. And we, as different film watchers of those Spider-Man series, have en- enjoyed them or not enjoyed them, but throughout we've watched them, so we have the nostalgia of those moments coming together now and making sense, whereas okay. Matrix didn't do that well. So I think Spider-Man actually like, is broadly good, and maybe broadly great. I'm convincing myself to oh, be I like... Say,
3: I would say broadly great. I yeah, really, I'm really
4: kind of really convincing myself it. that it's broadly great, but then I think about the plot not making sense. Because I, I think it, uh,
3: about the podcast we did a few weeks ago on Spider-Man, and I think we were
4: uh, optimistic, skept- weren't we? Ske- skeptical, but optimistic. S-
3: s- skeptical, but optimistic, and yeah. I feel like we had some... I think we had some worries about it. Yeah, I we did. Like we definitely did. I'd be did. just throwing a lot of stuff at this, but I think the for the most part, they really... Did well. Yeah, maybe no, I'm really convincing really myself
4: is. maybe broadly great, but I do think the plot it's okay, hole of... it's
3: okay to it's okay to admit it, yeah. It's fine. We'll, I just think it. that
4: <laughs> I do think the plot hole though of Yeah, that they it, all does. Look... it does make me scratch my head a lot. Like it really does. It this is exactly what I was saying before we started talking about it in detail. It's great and it's such a good time. I had such a good time watching it. But then if I think about it too much, it actually Makes me go, did I not enjoy this? Do you know what I mean? Like, if I don't think about it, brilliant. It's amazing. If I think about it, I'm like, oh, maybe that doesn't make sense.
3: Yeah. No, I get, get you. It's
4: great, though. It's it so great. great. At this moment, I'm saying it's broadly great. I'm going to sit on it now.
3: It's the best of the Tom Holland Spider-Man, by far.
4: By yeah, by far. yeah, I think so. Yeah. However, it's interesting that they had to use the other ones to make it the best ones.
3: Wow, there is that. I do. I I I have I I like Tom Holland as Peter Parker. I all oh,
5: Tom Holland. Tom.
3: Yeah, he's. I mean, Toby, Toby Maguire will always be. He's he's the OG. He's, yeah, he's, he's my he's a guy. Yeah. But I feel like going forward spider-man's in a good place and i'm really interested to see what happens now with that. Yeah, me too
4: me too um, and it does fall really well into that multiverse that we're going to be experiencing now i really think what yeah. they did with this film is make us hyped for mm-hmm. more multiverse shenanigans yeah. like i'm now really hyped to see who else even from bad films films that i'm like i really didn't like that film like ann lee's hulk i'm like yeah like why not bring that in why not well, like Yeah, Yeah. like, why not? I I have no reason why I wouldn't. And you can also bring in stuff that you, like, they were going to cast. Because I saw this online, and I think you would love this. Online, I was like, what if, in, like, Secret Wars or down the line, they do Tom Cruise's Iron Man? Because they were going to do that. See, the thing I
3: have with Tom Cruise is... He's such a good actor. He really
4: is. He is a great actor. He's such he's a, a good actor
3: insane. that you forget, you he's forget that he's an insane person. He's totally um, mad.
4: That's libel. We shouldn't say that. He's yes, not clinically okay. insane, but no. he does insane things.
3: Yes. Yes. <laughs> you should. To, to be clear, yes. Um, yes. Yeah but um i i i think i think he is a great actor and i think he is a he, great
4: actor
3: having i mean who hasn't been in the mcu at this point it's just the cast and cast grows especially when you've got a film like eternals who brings mm. in everybody mm-hmm. not in the best way but you know it's uh <laughs> you, you know it's I'd, I'd be interesting to see and obviously you've got um the likes of um oh i forgot tim roth's coming back in she-hulk and yeah. you know um but then you've got things like i don't know obviously you X-Men and Fantastic Four is the big question everyone's asking, mm-hmm. but are we going to see some people we've already know from
5: those films?
4: Yeah. Or, uh, it's interesting. Or- it's like, do I want to see? like I, With the X-Men in particular, I think I don't want to see. It's kind of linking to what you said, and it made me, I didn't want to interject earlier on when you were talking about the MCU just doing run-of-the-mill villains that are the obvious choice. I kind of was like, don't do the obvious choice heroes, so don't do Wolverine. Don't do Mm. Wolverine. I don't think they should. I think they should, like, forget Hugh Jackman, but maybe bring him in for a cameo in a big event. Like a big multiverse event that's, like, game-changing or MCU-changing like on the scale of Infinity War. But I think Mm. when you're introducing the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, keep it grounded in this universe, I think. But you are right, they could now just be like, ah, you know, they're all in it now.
3: Have they cast the new Ghost Rider yet?
4: I heard rumours that it was going to be... Uh, Keanu Reeves, but they haven't actually said who it is yet.
3: I mean, if they brought Nick Cage back, I wouldn't say no. Oh,
4: mate, it. I was on oh, oh my god! Oh, if they brought Nick Cage back, oh, I do. You know what? I was, I would right now. I would love that. I'm just gonna. Put <laughs> <that right there. laughs> They would actually adore if they brought Nick Cage back as Ghost Rider.
3: Uh, I just have this image. Obviously, I do know if the Thanos thing's done, but I just have this image of Nick Cage riding as a Ghost Rider towards Thanos. Just like, I don't care.
4: <laughs> Give me that I... gauntlet. <laughs> Give me that gauntlet. I would absolutely love if he really hammed it up like he did in Vampire's Kiss, which if anybody hasn't seen that, watch it. It's insane. He's like running oh, through God. the streets. yeah. It's insane or in oh, face off, yeah. like if he does oh, it like yeah. face off, like
3: and he does the alphabet thing. In, uh, oh my franchise. god, so yes,
4: good. I yeah. yeah, just Nick Cage in the MCU. That's what I want for the future of the MCU. Nick Cage in the MCU, <laughs> but yeah, I'm totally on board. Marvel, with that. if
3: you're listening, Nick Cage in the MCU, <laughs>
4: just get Nick Cage in. Uh, do you know what? You could pick like a really good role for him to make sense for as well, like pick a character. That's like, do you know who I think he should have been? Which is another film, uh, another, not film, but series coming out this year. Uh, he maybe have worked for Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. That would word, right? Because Moon Knight's like got disorder where he is insane. And Nick Cage, as we've seen, like I actually do think Nick Cage is a good actor in some films. But Nick Cage is really good at like dialing things up to 11. Oh, like, God, yeah you could totally have him being, like, very controlled and, like, being, like, totally in line. I know people are like, you're insane because his films have been so cheesy, but, look, Leaving Las Vegas is an amazing film and he's Oh, great it is, film. yeah. yeah, a yeah. great film. Yeah, amazing it. So if he, like, played that sort of Nick Cage when he's, like, normal Moon Knight, but then if he's any of his, like, alter egos, have him dial it to 11. That would have <sighs> been great. I would have been yeah. up for that. Instead, so we've got Oscar Isaac doing a weird British accent, which is... Uh, yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> I'm mean, going do like I think Oscar Isaac's a good actor, so I'm yeah, I love Oscar Isaac. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, uh, it's the same with all these things. It's there's too little known about it yet to really say. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of those things. But the main point is bring Nick Cage to the MCU. That's <laughs> yeah, the...
4: Yeah. In summary of this whole podcast, this episode is to bring <laughs> Nick Cage into the MCU.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so. To finish up um mm. we'll talk about a few uh, just two or three more films quickly um so obviously that aren't as we know yet tied to the multiverse or anything that's kind of mm. happened before because we haven't seen thor since endgame
4: and I about thor. Yeah.
3: he's off partying with the guardians as far as we're aware and in 2022 for love and thunder comes out which is obviously the third four mm-hmm. film and we see the return of four obviously but also natalie portman um uh, as four which is yeah great. so which i'm all for love it um but yeah thoughts how do we feel yeah.
4: I, I'm I'm going to be one of the maybe outliers who didn't enjoy uh Ragnarok as much as other people. I think it was like really really good. Like it's like broadly great. Um or broadly good. <laughs> I need to stop doing this broadly. <laughs> um, but like, I I think it was overhyped for me before I went to see it. That's the problem. Somebody told me it was like one of the best films they've ever seen in the MCU, and I went to see it. And yeah, it's yeah. really fun. But I didn't think it was as good as like Guardians. You know, I yeah. thought it was like, and I felt like it was trying too hard to maybe be like Guardians a bit. But it definitely is fun, and I love Taika Waititi as a as a director. Yeah. Um And anything that he's sort of involved with, I'm excited by. And I also think. If they are following the female four plot from the comics, I actually think it's a really interesting and very good way of going into that character's story arc. Because people I think the people who don't read the comics as much and are maybe a bit Oh, everybody's trying to be PC these days. Who I hate those people. Those those people are like, shut up, don't watch films, go away. But <laughs> like four in the comic book has not been four all the time. And there's been times when he's had the hammer taken away from him. It happened in the first film and it happens in the comic books quite a lot. He is a brash, like God who can get like quite stroppy. So I feel like this totally works. And the the story in the comic book was great and I really enjoyed it. And if they're bringing in elements, which they are of one of my favorite uh, comic book series. Oh my Lord. And I can't remember. I think it's for God killer or something like that. Which is like, they're not going to do it exactly like this, but in that comic book series, three different fours from three different time periods in four's life kind of come together um, to fight this like evil guy who is confirmed, played by Kristen Bale. Um, and it's a really great comic, but they're kind of combining that with the female four arc, which I'm totally for. I'm really mm-hmm. excited for yeah. it. What about yourself?
3: Yeah, no, I, I I I did enjoy 4 Red rock Grow but I think unlike you, I I kind of saw it before the hype, so I yeah. um, I didn't. I I do get a, a lot of people afterwards like, oh, it's amazing, it's amazing. I also incorrectly just said it was the third. This is the third four film, but this will be the four four film, which, makes oh, four, four, which is really yes. difficult to say. Um,
4: <laughs> four film. But,
3: um, four, four, four 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 film. Four four, uh, four, 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 four films. Um, <laughs> but look, like, you're right. Take away back can't can't do can't do better than that mm, as far mm-hmm. as i'm concerned Loved yeah it, i love
4: him he's great which also
3: means Korg is back which is also great yeah um, <laughs> and i think the fact that we've got not only thor's world aligning uh coming in but also crashing with the guardians world is great because those two kind of their sentiments kind of match i guess and how mm-hmm. they're presented his films part of me does wonder is that going to be too much is it just going to be like you know an snl sketch or something like everyone's just doing jokes constantly but
4: i don't think think if there's somebody who can do it it's taika Waititi. yeah i think if it was any other director i'd agree with you but i think he's great isn't he so
3: yeah now and the fact that natalie portman comes back is given a proper like run out and is not just signed to for his girlfriend because she's Not only is she a brilliant scientist in the other films, but the fact that she's and obviously Natalie Portman's a great actress. Having her in this as Storm makes sense, and it's nice to have um, uh, another powerful female superhero coming mm-hmm. front and center. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really good. Uh, Christian Bale, obviously I'm excited for good mm-hmm. actor. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm really excited. The, the yeah, interesting, the interesting thing I see on this list is, and correct, you might have to remind me gamora at the end the end game she did go with them right or no she
4: she abandoned ship basically and they're going off to find her that's that's what they're doing
3: so uh is it is so that i don't think that'll be the main story of this because i don't see why thor would be like yeah let's go and find uh star lord's girlfriend you know um that doesn't make sense especially when natalie Portman comes on the screen which i'm really interested to see how uh how that sort of dynamic start. yeah dynamic because yeah. obviously they, they've they been apart they weren't even together in uh Ragnarok uh, nope. so yeah I'm really I'm, I'm I'm really interested to see Thor obviously if Taika Waititi's doing it then yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all on board
5: yeah totally. um,
3: can't wait and then after that we've got another film which I'm really excited about I'm excited about all the films and <laughs> then a, a, a film I'm <laughs> Again we've been saying Oh I'm interested to see that But this film in particular Is going to be unique In that Black Panda Wakanda Forever Obviously yeah. has uh, obviously Is that coming out
4: this year still?
3: It's it's scheduled for 2022 It mm. Yeah it is scheduled for November 11th 2022 So you know it remains to be seen um, Obviously with the passing of um chadwick boseman uh Mm. and it's it's going to be interesting to see how this film kind of negotiates that and how the black pan from mantle passes because i'm 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 fairly certain it will pass to i've
4: heard what they're considering doing which is why i didn't think it was going to come out this year right um is that they're considering Passing the mantle to the comic book character who's uh, Chichala's son with Storm, which I guess right. it would be his son from um, a, uh, what's her face's character in it. Um, the his the, like female love interest, I forgot the actress's name. God, I'm so bad with names. Um, but yeah, I suspect that that's what they'll do. That's what I've heard anyway.
5: But this yeah. is why
4: I'm like not 100 percent certain it'll come out this year because. I hear one minute that they're going to do Mbaku and his sister as like Mm -hmm. a dual Black Panther role, but then I hear that they're thinking of doing it as a a, as a child, um, as a a son of T'Challa. I think you're right; they're never going to replace T'Challa, and I think they never should. Yeah, Um, it's
3: it's the best decision they make was to not bother because
4: that that film. I can only say from like seeing it with. friends who are black and my partner and their and her family it meant something way more than just it's a superhero film yeah and something that i definitely won't identify with in that sense but to then go are we going to replace this actor i think it would be very distasteful for a film that culturally meant a lot Mm. and to do that would it's as you say it's the right 100 percent, the right thing to have done that And it's the best decision they've probably made in terms of, like, not recasting somebody, because it would just be... I'm not saying it's like they can't do it. I'm sure there's very great, capable actors out there, but it meant more than just a superhero film. And I think it would just be disrespectful. Not disrespectful even, but maybe distasteful, and maybe just not considering the significance of what Chadwick Boseman meant to people.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I think... um... For me, obviously, I want all these films to do. All, I want them all to be great. But if if I if I had to put all my energy and goodwill and good thoughts towards any film, it'd be this one. I yeah. really want this film, because it because it as you just touched on, this film meant so much to a lot of people. It was game changing in mm-hmm. multiple ways, and I really want um this film to. Yeah carry that on i think it's such an important film it was so impactful and i really want it to just keep that momentum going i'm really really looking forward to it i'm sure it'll be great whatever they do ryan Kugler is a great director as we mm-hmm. have seen from obviously this in creed um but you know um yeah i just i do think they made the right decision in not trying to just recast Chala. Yeah, think really insensitive. Yeah, and the fact that they are doing, it, I, i kind of agree with you. Is it going to come out this year? Remains I, I think it's
4: maybe a good idea. It doesn't. Just let maybe have more time to think how you're going to do it right because I think they can do it right. And as you say, I think I want it to be as as good, if not more, than the first one. Yeah, but exactly. I. Think it needs time to really consider because it's it's more than just oh an actor's left a project. It's it's I I can't even I don't think there's anything I can compare it to in terms of trying to get something right again. You know what I mean? Um, And I just as you say, I just hope it does come. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Positive thinking Mm -hmm. for it is that it will do well and it will be a great film. Um, I just think it needs time to really figure out how to do it. That's all. Yeah
3: yeah exactly exactly um so the last film we're going to talk about is one we're very excited about it's spider-man across the spider-man oh yeah part, buddy <laughs> part one so we're gonna yeah. get another
5: one. Oh,
3: yes. right I'll, i know i know this is in your top five films of all time or top top five
4: uh what Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse?
3: Yeah, Spider-Man: it's, sorry, Into the Spider-Verse.
4: It's my number 1 Spider-Man film. It's my number yeah. it's my favorite Spider-Man film of all time. Like okay. it's it's like up there. It's also in my I haven't decided where it is on my top films ever quite yet, but it's definitely in my top. It's my number 1 Spider-Man film without a shadow of a doubt. Um and my number 2 is Spy- uh, Spider-Man 2 because it's fantastic. Yeah, um, it, yeah. and it, yeah no, it's just awesome. It's awesome, it's awesome and that trailer made me even more mm. excited to see it it's so good right like yeah. they didn't show much but they showed enough
3: i mean they do they already had my money but now they can have, <laughs> they can have more of it i don't care it's uh,
4: reference right there shut up and take my money
3: yeah it's already <laughs> um the first the first one obviously into spider-verse it was just so mind-blowing mm. for me it was just watching it i think oh my god they can actually do something different like we've been talking about all night for Mm -hmm. um for marvel and what they can do and trying to do something different this film did Mm -hmm. something different and i can't wait to see what they do in this one and the fact that it's part one makes me excited because it means it's not the only one yeah Um, i love that they
4: just teased like yeah we had um uh, spider-man in the future uh i think it's 1399 i think or tw- yeah twenty-nine-nine or thirty-nine-nine. um it like i love that they teased that they, they were like yep that that's going to be there we saw that in the the original film but him falling through the multiverse into different areas i was like that's really cool They've and the art style being as as they did in the first one changing as he's like going through oh mm. awesome 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 like I can't be more excited for that film. Like that's the one that I'm like really looking forward to. And it's not in the MCU, which is kind of nice. I know that sounds like I don't like the MCU, but it's kind of nice that it's not MCU related yet. You know, it's it's got its own thing going on and I'm not having to think about watching all the TV shows and all the other stuff to make sure I know what's going on. And yeah, it's just its own thing and I can just watch it. You know. I
3: know what you mean because on, on one hand, obviously, I love the fact that everything AMC is linked, and you ha- and you know there's people popping up here and there, and all these stories crossing over, and it it's really the same. but At the same time, it can become a bit of a burden, especially when you haven't yes. seen a film or a TV show or something, and yeah. something might not make sense. So whereas Spider Man uh, into Spider Verse across Spider Verse is its own set thing, and it's doing its own story, and you don't have that whole baggage that comes with it and you yep. just enjoy it and they're doing it so well that it's just that you don't have to worry about it you just know you're going to get a good story you don't have to have all this other stuff surrounding it to mm-hmm. make it good uh mm-hmm. it's just incredible and the fact that um Steinfeld. Stanfield is in this one as well as uh, mm-hmm. obviously Gwen Stacy. She's doing all right now. We're just saying she's yeah. she? <laughs> and now she's in everything. It's great. Oh, I love it.
4: It's uh, a great way to come round. That's such a nice way because it's like, yeah, she's doing great. I'm happy for you, man. <laughs> yeah,
3: if, if She we, is if, great. If there's anything we've learned from this episode, it's that we love Hilly Steinfeld, and she's yeah, she's great.
4: She's great, yeah. and and I can't wait to see into the Spider Verse. I really can't. Uh, no, across the Spider Verse. Sorry. Yeah, I can't. The I with can't part two coming not buy it. It's Oscar Isaac in as well. It does.
3: As yeah. The, the, uh, 2099,
4: yeah, uh, 20, yeah. $20.99. $29.99. Yeah. $40.99. Yeah. Sounds like I'm yeah. buying something. $20.99.
3: Sounds <laughs> <Depends> like <laughs> you're at an auction, but you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's $40.99. <laughs> uh,
4: ah,
3: awesome. Awesome. Well, wow. I think we've covered pretty much everything. So, 2022 yeah. is going to be great. It's going to. Yes. Gonna it is. Am- it is. I'm, I'm.
4: I'm looking forward to us continuing our discussions of comics, as we are the resident nerds. As resident, nerds, yeah. as resident nerds. But it's always a pleasure to talk Marvel, and like I think this year is going to be exciting. I really do. And yeah. I, do you know what? I I see bright things in the future. I just I hope what we get is quality rather than quantity. But it does look good.
3: In Marvel, we trust,
4: right? In Marvel, we trust. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says in our own currency. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Thank you, Ian, for doing this again with me. It's always a pleasure talking Convicts with you. Always a pleasure. Thank stuff. you for having me. No, no problem. Uh, thank you to everyone listening. Uh, this has been the UK Film Review Podcast. Uh, we will see you again next week. Goodbye.